Hello and welcome to the Live and Love Like Jesus podcast, where we talk about pursuing a lifestyle of complete dependence on God, how to grow and multiply yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ, and how to demonstrate the good news of Jesus. I'm Andy Tier, my co-host Adrian Gregorich and I are here to walk through this with you as we speak with members of our church community and ask them what it means to live and love like Jesus. In this week's episode, Adrian and I follow up with our creative arts pastor, Jeremy Locke, and a couple members of the team that he has assembled to teach us more about dependence on God. We'll start with our conversation with Jeremy and our Newburgh Campus Kids pastor, Jacob Stewart. We'll look more deeply into what they have learned on this topic as they've sought what it means to depend on God and the healthy practices and life rhythms they are establishing in their own lives to aid them on this journey. Then we'll speak with Lori Rogers, another member of Jeremy's team. We'll be speaking with Lori about listening prayer, and you definitely don't want to miss that conversation. Right now, we're going to enter into our conversation with Jacob and Jeremy. Welcome, Jacob and Jeremy. (laughs) Today, we have you guys with us. Um, Just introduce yourselves for a minute. Cool. Well, hey, my name is Jacob, and I'm the kids pastor here at our Newburgh campus. And my name is Jeremy. I'm the creative arts pastor and been here for like three years now. And yeah, excited to do this with you. All right. So in our last episode, we talked about how we arrived at our vision and our guiding principles. In this episode, we're focusing on dependence on God. So now both of you spoke about this at teaching night, specifically busyness and slowing down. So were you just asked to talk about this or did it come from a personal experience? I kind of both, I think. Like this is something that Jacob and I have been interested in for a while. Um, but as with like any of the topics or things that we're covering within this guiding principle, like we all really feel like we're the most qualified for it because we're the least qualified for it. Yes, like it's it's the definitely. things that we have struggled with the most, um, which give us like a unique seat to be able to talk about it because like, um, like I'll just speak for myself, like leading up to the teaching night, there was probably like I've been on this journey for about a year, year and a half or so, but there was like six weeks leading up to the teaching night where I was like failing. I could go down the list of my script for the night and look at all of the things that I was failing at. And it's like, it's all the stuff that I'm talking about. And I feel like, right. I don't know, that I, that's how God works sometimes. Like he's, you know, honing us in this way. So yeah, I mean, it is something that we both like raised our hands to talk about, but um, it certainly wasn't because of any like desire, like feeling of quality qualification for it. It was like something Yeah, it's because it's a journey that I feel like God has us on right now. Yeah, I agree that I'd been reading a lot of this stuff um, for, yeah, well over a year and a half. And it just came out of just personal reflection on feeling super anxious, super drained at the end of my day. And that it was, uh, yeah, I would get to the end of my day and be like, why am I doing this? Um, and that's probably not the best response as a pastor to have whenever you get to the end of your day. And so I think that I just thought, well, there's something going on here. Um, and so, yeah, I just started to do a really, a deep dive, um, through books and counseling and, um, all sorts of other great resources that whenever this started to kind of bubble up and Jeremy asked me to be a part of this team, I was like, I don't think I have too much to say, but I feel like. Um, yeah, we've all been a part of a great journey and, and a good discussion on this. And so it's been really challenging, but really helpful. Yeah, and I think seeing enough fruit in like our, yes. like what God's doing in our lives, but also like 
I can see like in my family and as I've Good. seen like friends and coworkers kind of go through the same journey a little bit, you start to see like, oh, there is like, there's real tangible evidence, real life evidence that this is like a positive thing that is what we were designed for. And so it's like, yeah, we just get really excited about being able to share that and like make that a journey that we go on as a church. So you, you kind of talked a little bit about being stressed and mm. how does that relate specifically to dependence on God? Yeah. So I think that's where it easily, and it's super convicting. And so it's that my priorities were not in the right place of, I, I say this a lot, my doing for God far outweighed my being with God. And so I say that all the time. I said that a lot on the teaching night is that my doing for God far outweighed my being with God. And so what that means is, is um, I was doing a lot of activity for the Lord, um, obviously teaching kids and serving and uh, leading teams and doing all sorts of things in the name, quote unquote, um, of the Lord. But my being with him, whether it's spending time with him just in his presence prayer, scripture, those things were taking a hit in order to do the things that I needed to do for God. And so whenever that starts to happen, it just all bubbles up into what happened to me personally of severe anxiety, some depression there, and it it can really mess up your relationship with him very quickly. Um, and it's really easy to just kind of stuff that aside and ignore that. And so that's where that stress started to really come in because my doing far away, my being. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I think like stress probably has lots of different sources, like unique to individuals, right? And I think for me, it was, it came down to control, really. Like feeling like putting myself in a place where I feel responsible for things I have no business being responsible for. And, um, and it's all like an illusion, like the control that I felt was an illusion, but like it creates very real stress in my life. And I think that's why like the idea of Sabbath was such a big deal for me because Sabbath is such a subversive response to the illusion of control. Cause it's, it's actively like putting myself in a position where I can't have control. I walk around my house for 24 hours every week and I see projects that need to be done. And I see yeah. like my phone sitting on the counter that I know has emails and texts waiting on me. And like, I see all these things that like used to give me the feeling of control. And I, I actively walk away and either verbalize or just like posture myself to say like, God, this is yours. This isn't mine. This is yours. And I'm going to remove myself from the feeling of control for, you know, a, one day a week and remember that God can run this without me. And that's actually how it was designed to be. Right. And so that's something that like, for me, the stress was coming from uh, trying to manifest some kind of control over things that um, I had no business being in control over. I'd like to personally know what your practices are, just as an example of how somebody can, can live this out practically. Sabbath specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I would start by saying like, there is, uh, there's no right or wrong way to do right. it. There's yeah. like, there's a huge spectrum. Um, and I think like, uh, your, your life situation should dictate what this looks like for you. Um, so my life situation right now is, um, I work, uh, Saturday afternoons and Sunday mornings and then Monday through Thursday. And, um, my, kids are homeschooled and my wife, uh, 
is a homemaker, so she doesn't work outside the home. So for us, our rhythm uh, is Fridays are like our 24 hours together as a family. So we've identified that day as like a day that we're going to guard from, um, you know, letting it fill up with any kind of busyness. And um, so like some things that we do, like this is something we've we've built over time. We just started Mm -hmm. by like saying, let's try and protect this day. And then we realized, okay, a good first step is to like not use our devices that day. And, And if we do, it's with purpose, like it's with, you know, maybe it's worship music or it's, you know, wanting to read scripture together as a family or something like that. Like, so it started with just like a really technology based, uh, effort. And then from there we've, we've added things like saying scripture together, uh, as a family. Um, but there's also like a lot of things that like on the surface don't seem spiritual at all. Like we, we eat big meals and like, I try and be really conscious of like what I eat, but on mm-hmm. Sabbath day, like I just remember that like God designed us for delight and for Amen. enjoyment. And so we, we like live that out, like eating is an act of worship for right. us. And so we, I've said this before, like our staple is banana pancakes. Like we do a big brunch on, uh, on our Sabbath day and like my wife and I will often like let the kids go upstairs and maybe they do like a movie night and a sleepover to end the night. And we will do like a, a bigger dinner. Maybe it's takeout from somewhere. We do like a big dinner downstairs by ourselves and it kind of feels like a date night at home. And, mm. um, we just let ourselves enjoy the, you know, that part of like life that God has created. Really. It's like thinking through what, how was the world created? Like we talked about how Sabbath was baked into the fabric of creation. God blessed this day and made it holy and rested. And, um, and so we, we see like this Eden ideal is what a lot of people call Mm -hmm. it. Like the way that the world was created in the beginning and one day a week, we step out of the craziness of what our world has become and try and recreate this like ideal that God created for us. And my, my theology tells me that like, that's where the world is headed is like, God's remaking this ideal. And so we get to like do what we can through rest and worship and delight to recreate that one day a week. So it's really like the simple way I say it is like, it's like a holiday. Like think of the things you do on a holiday every week, uh, every year, Christmas or whatever, and recreate that one day a week. Cool. Yeah. So with Sabbath, I, th- I would say Jeremy's probably a little bit further along in what that 24 hours um, probably looks like um, right now. Kind of like he said, same work schedule. And so we have I have Fridays off, um, but my wife is a nurse. And so her schedule varies a lot. Uh, m- for the most part, uh, she usually gets Fridays off as well. Um, and so we try to really protect that day first. Um, and right now we're just trying to work through how to how to do a 24 hour period because she's in school as well, getting her nurse practitioning license. And that's a whole lot uh, as well. She works three twelves a week as well. And so trying to find like, she's right in this season right now, doesn't really have that space where she's got to study at some point on Friday. And so we're trying to figure out what this looks like. And so really what it started is protecting uh, Friday for us as a family. And like Jeremy said, um, and he's hinting at this a lot, but yeah, Sabbath can be, made up of into four parts of stop, rest, worship, delight. So whether we're doing a half day as the Stewart family, we're trying to figure out how we're stopping what we normally do. Like that means no laundry. That means I'm not going to mow the yard that Mm -hmm. day. That means I'm not going to pick up the kitchen, like those types of things. Because while that may not seem like work, that's still housework that you do. And so it takes a lot of preparation, honestly, throughout the uh, rest of your week to gear up for that and say, even if it's not done, 
God's still in control and I'll get to it later is that's a hard place to get to, um, especially for my wife. She would say the same thing. Uh, that's a really hard place to get to. And so we are just really trying to take some intentional time on those days, whether it's in the mornings or in the afternoons right now to just stop and think through what what brings you joy. And that's we've got a little list and we just think through what are some fun things we can do with um, our daughter Mia that day. That'd be really fun for her and fun for us as a family, because things that are fun for Kristen may not be so much fun for me. But same thing, like um, things that are fun for me may not be as fun for her. And so there's also too a little bit of time where I try to say like, all right, I'm going to give you a little bit of break from um, being mom and have some time on your own. And same thing where we can Mm -hmm. do some things on our own. That's really helpful. Because I'm um, surprisingly um, a lot more introverted than what most people think. And so I really value that time to just sit down with coffee and read a book. And so I love that or just be by myself is really great for me. And so how to figure that out and work that into those times that is beneficial for everyone around the table. Um, Like Jeremy said, eating. Um, We either like to go and eat out um, somewhere big like a Pangea or something that's incredible and really tasty. Or we'll do like cookies in the skillet and ice cream and all that fun stuff and eat um, really good desserts that I normally don't eat throughout the week and Mm -hmm. things like that. And just it's great. And um, uh, just not even care about how many calories or what this is doing to my body, maybe on the inside, but um, I'm really enjoying what I'm eating that day. So little things like that to where we're just trying to think through what are some ways that we can worship, honor. Um, And same thing, usually at dinner, we're trying to think through right now how to read Bible stories at the table rather than before bed and some things like that to see Mm -hmm. scripture and that narrative as the focal point for everything that we do. Um, We're working on like a little family, almost like a benediction of sorts right now of like, this is what the stewards like this is who we are and we're going to start repeating that a lot of like i'm not what i do things like that to where hopefully our daughter really resonates with with that as she gets older and so we're trying we're working on those things actively but i'm really excited where that's going to go yeah one one conversation i just had and this is helpful maybe for some people to know that uh on our resources page one of the books that we talk about is uh the TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. And he has this really cool concept where he unpacks the difference between, I think he calls it the difference between rest and leisure. Yep. So a lot of times like people view uh, Sabbath as like doing a lot of like sitting down and like not moving like right. physically. Yeah, right. And <clears throat> depending on your personality, like that may sound like it would drive you crazy. And there's actually a big difference between like being like lazy and leisurely versus being restful. There's a lot of things that look and feel a lot like leisure that actually don't give you rest at all. Like you can sit and play video games all day and be exhausted, Yep. you know? Um, So like, like for you, maybe it's like going for a a family bike ride or like going and playing like basketball at the park or something with your family, like something like that. Mm -hmm. It actually is a deeper form of rest than, you know, being stationary physically. So being intentional yeah. with those things. Yeah. That's where like, it's really easy to come home after a long day of work and after you have dinner to watch Netflix. But I would say you're probably not really resting. I mean, yeah, sure. Your brain's not um, probably actively working as much as it is, but you're not um, recuperating and you're not being probably as, just as intentional. Like I do this all the time. I'm not being intentional about going to the source of what's going to rejuvenate me. And mm-hmm. so that's where Sabbath is the key there where you're being 
intentional with everything that you're doing that day that is focused on giving glory and honor to God. You know, Paul talks about whatever you do, do it for the glory and the honor for God. And Sabbath is like the perfect day Mm -hmm. to get that deep into your heart and mind. So that way, the rest of the six days, you're doing the same thing. We talked earlier about, as we, as we began speaking about dependence on God as a, as a team and as a church, you actually set up a team, you said, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. that's going to look into this. Can you talk about the formation of that team and what that looks like and what the goals of that team is? Yeah. So when I was, you know, started the conversation about this guiding principle, I knew that there were certain people, like what I wanted to try and do was like get a, a good spectrum of like people from different voices in our church. Like I have, I have a team that I lead here at church, um, the creative arts team. That is a very specific group of people who do a specific thing. Um, I really wanted this to be a better cross section. Uh, so there, there's a lady named Lori Rogers who works in our outreach department, who is like, like, I feel like she puts on a clinic in every meeting that we have. Like she's just full of wisdom. And it's just like, it's amazing to be able to hear her like unpack things that feel very new to us. And and I'm sure she would say that like everybody does that in their own way, but Mm -hmm. um, she was someone immediately popped into my mind. Brie Bondurant is our worship director. And I knew that like not only a little bit of like what God's doing in her life that made her uniquely like gifted to speak into this conversation, but also the voice that she has like in our weekend gatherings, like I really wanted her to be able to be a part of the conversation from the genesis of, you know, how these ideas are being formed and where, where we feel like God is stretching us as a church. Um, and then, you, you know, you heard a little bit, you know, about what Jacob has his journey. And mm-hmm. so like, I knew like kind of the cliff notes of how, how his heart and mind had been thinking. Um, in a lot of ways, like you're the right. reason Jacob that I have been on the journey that I have, like you've like fed me good authors and books Thanks, and stuff. And so, so yeah, like I felt like this, like these four people, uh, together would hopefully, Again, not because we're doing it all well, but because we're really interested and really want to grow in this area. Um, and since then, we've been able to add uh, Chris Hurst and Aslan Carter to the mix, and uh, they're bringing just incredible perspective to what we're doing. And so, yeah, it's it's really just like trying to build a good cross section of people, uh, leaders in our church, to be able to develop like what is the way forward for right. us as a church. Sure. And what's the goal of the team? I'd say the goal of the team is. Uh, really to shine a light in the the areas of our of our hearts as believers, like especially like in 2020, like modern Western culture, like where are we missing the mark in these things that maybe were easier or more inherent in in a first century culture? Like there was not, you know, all of the distractions that we see now. And sure. um, we really felt like uh, Jesus Again, we started with the question, how do we live in love like Jesus? And we felt like there were these three areas. And um, Jesus uh, modeled really, really well this dependence on the Father and this like this power of the Spirit that he was operating in. Uh, you know, he said things like, I don't act or I don't do things unless I see the Father saying and doing these things. And, um, you know, talked about how it's better that he would leave because he's going to leave us his Spirit. And so we right. feel like, wow, like there's there's a lot there that... I take for granted and that I full disclosure, like that I have neglected for most of my life as a follower of Jesus and feel like if I'm going to take this student of the way of Jesus seriously, like there's a lot of things that, that I need to grow in. And Jesus seemed to, to show us a pattern of living in a way that it's, it's really like stepping away from where you feel like you are 
the power, the control, the manifester of these things and really like properly seating yourself beneath God and saying, you know, God is the one that's doing all these things. Mm -hmm. I want to be faithful in partnering with that. And that uh, for us, we felt like the word that described that was dependence. So you've both said that you've been on this journey for a year or more. What would you tell yourself now at the, from the beginning? Like, what would you, do you wish you could tell yourself something about starting out? Like how does, how do you even start this journey? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that it's just one day at a time. Like it's really easy. Now you're seeing a lot more, honestly, of this type of works um, be released and be talked about. And so whether it's forming new habits or it's um, spiritual disciplines, um, you can find a lot of great resources now, which is awesome. And so it can get overwhelming. And that's where a lot of people, like they start reading through it or we start talking about it. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, that's a whole lot of information. That's a whole lot that I'll have to uproot from my life. And that's where I would just say, let's not try and do all of these things all at once, but just start with one. Start with one little thing that you could do to start your day, end your day, or have a pause and create some space in your day to focus on your dependence with God. And I think if I were to just told myself to slow down a little bit, um, which is very ironic if you think about right. it, um, just to slow down and not adopt all these things all at once, just to focus in. Not that I would be further along in my journey, but I think I would be a lot more comfortable with certain ones and where I'm at uh, today and could be maybe experimenting or trying something else new out to grow closer in union uh, with with the Lord. So that's always my advice to people. Just like, all right, just just choose one little thing, one little step uh, and try it out. And then, hey, if that's not working, maybe you need some accountability or maybe that just doesn't fit your personality. And that's okay too. Like that's something that I realized now looking back, I wish I could have said, maybe that's just not for you. And that there's some that I think are foundational and that you, I think all Christ followers should be doing, but um, there's a, some that we, yeah, that we just, just slow down and just adopt one and adopt and, and yes, and just go for it. Yeah. I would say all of those things to myself uh, for sure. Um <clears throat> I think uh, one thing that I've, I find myself saying to people who are like struggling with like getting in the process and I find that I need to hear it too, is that like, um, I think I would just say God is honored by the process. God's mm -hmm. honored by the effort. God, I, I don't think it's healthy to think like God is expecting me to be at this level. Like I think, right. I think what God honors and what God wants for us is to just that first step of just posturing her. Like, even if your first step is awareness, like just being aware, yeah. like I need help here. I need to grow here. I think like if, if God is a loving father, he is, he is looking at you with a smile on his face and like wants to come alongside you in that process. And if you put like this undue pressure on yourself to be something by a certain, like if you give yourself a deadline, if you are like, if you're, if you're thinking there's like a, an end of this journey inside, like, no, 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 no. Right. Turn your heart to God. Ask him to lead your steps. Start small and understand this is a lifelong journey that we're not going to reach until Jesus comes back. Right. And if, if you start with even just that posture, 
God honors that. And that's enough for now. Right. And, and God will lead you. God will grow you. God will stretch you. God loves you too much to leave you where you are, but there's no expectation to jump into any certain level of discipleship. Right. It's not a checklist Mm -hmm. to add to your already crazy list, but these are things that are supposed to help you grow closer to dependence on God and to just having a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so relationships and these things take time. Like Mm -hmm. communication with my wife is we're almost about to celebrate five years, but we've had to learn and unlearn certain tones, mannerisms, how we communicate, and we've had to grow in that. But if we get to our 50th wedding anniversary and we're still talking the same as we do now, that's a problem Mm -hmm. because relationships should be growing. And that's where these things just help that process of growing into a dependence on God. And don't beat yourself up if you missed a day or like you, yeah, are having trouble implementing one. That's okay. Maybe once again, it's not for you or there's just something different you need to do. You need some accountability. There's a whole list of things, but trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. As we're talking about dependence on God and we're talking about setting aside time or making space for God, how do we apply that throughout the week then. So we spoke, I think it was a few months ago now in, in our services about God being at the center of all that we do and and that um, we have a tendency to try to create just a slice and yes. call this mm-hmm. like, this is my spiritual time. <laughs> so can you talk about that kind of, it, it almost feels like a conflict. Like it, it feels oh, like, yes. hey, I want to set, set aside time, but I want God to infuse every moment of my day as well. So how do these, how does it work together? How does, how does Sabbath work to infuse God into the rest of our week as well? Um, I would say that one, kind of like what I mentioned before, Sabbath reorients your other six days. And so first, if you start to practice Sabbath, whether you start in the mornings or the afternoons, or you're just going to jump in and do a 24 hour period, it's going to set the tone for the rest of your six days. It is truly where we should where we should come out of and to do our work from, you know, that's where God did bless this day and it was at the end. And so you're, um, an evening and morning, that type of stuff right there. I think it's fascinating that their days back then would have started in the evening and not the morning like we do because we're resting into God's presence that he's going to be doing the work while we're asleep. And so it's out of rest. It is out of um, closer union with God that we go and we do ministry, we do our jobs, we do whatever you do um, out of that fullness. Then there's some things that you can totally do to remind yourself of that presence throughout your day. Like one thing that I do is um, scripture before phone. And so I don't look at my phone until I've read scripture and prayed first. A lot of youth ministries call this win the day. And so you need to win the day. And so if you're going to win the day, why don't you start your day with the most important thing, being in God's word and being in prayer with him. So usually what this looks like is I either have my phone on do not disturb or off. And until I get into the office and sit down in my chair that I have and um, read uh, scripture and pray while I turn my phone on. Um, that would be a humongous culture shock for several of us, and it is still to me because that's really hard 
to not just pick up your phone first thing in the morning and check Instagram and check the news, see where coronavirus is at today and go from there. But that is a terrible way to start your day because you're already bogging your brain down full of this crazy information that's just going to give you this ongoing sense of anxiety and urgency to your day. And so whether it's emails, notifications, so win your day with that. And then another thing that I do throughout my day is I have intentional just times to stop and pray and worship of, um, I call it the daily office. This is um, a very ancient thing that a lot of monasteries and monks do, but um, that a lot of ancient Christians um, would have done all the time. Um, it's just really died out with where we're at in the West today. And so I take some intentional times um, in mid-morning and mid-afternoon to just stop, pray. That's uh, It's maybe five minutes, maybe 10, but it's to remind myself that, oh, I'm stopping and resting and I am doing this out of glory and honor for the Lord, not doing this to earn my salvation or anything like that. That's been a total game changer for me personally. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. That's That's been my experience. I think like you hit on this a little bit. I think the goal is uh, what an author, Pete Scazzaro, he's a pastor author. The goal is what he calls loving union, right? Like creating this loving union. We were we were created again. Going, that Eden ideal was like you walk through the garden with your God and yep. you live in His presence. And I know I'll speak for myself. I'm so far from that. But you read a book like Practice of the Presence of God by uh, Brother Lawrence, and you just see like, holy cow, this is this is a real thing. This is possible. Um, Dallas Willard uh, shares a story in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, where uh, there was a man uh, who challenged himself just for 30 days to try and turn his attention, not like pray, not read scripture, not like do a big thing, but just try and turn his attention to God for one second every minute. It changed his life forever. He's like, I didn't have to like... By the end of it, I didn't have to try. I was just in the presence of God and everything that I said and did, I was just in the presence of God. That's a super extreme version of what we're talking about. Right. Um, but the daily office, this idea that Jacob just talked about is mm -hmm. uh, a very like practical, concrete way to make steps, to make progress toward this. Because for me, like I, I grew up as in a Christian home. And so like this like daily quiet time thing is a, like, it was kind of a normal part of my life. Right. Um, it's only been like recently that it started to like be for transformation. Um, but there's, there comes a point where like you can kind of do that and compartmentalize it and then go about your day and never think about it again. And so like I, I had to challenge myself, like what if I just ended my day praying? Like what if I ended my day thanking the Lord for the day and entered into my night, my rest uh, with God on my brain. Right. But then there comes a point where like you can actually still do that and not think about God or your your discipleship to Jesus the rest of the day. And, you know, one of the things that we're going to get into in our next teaching night is how to build like this scaffolding for how to build this loving union. Like a rule of life sounds like a scary thing, but it's really just like identifying practices that help keep you in God's presence. And so for me, like the daily office, like in my rule of life, I try and. Uh, now I have this really cool free app called pause and it like alerts me at 10 really a.m. and 2 p.m. And it says uh, just a reminder to be in the Lord's presence. Uh, it's an app that walks you through. You can do a one minute guided meditation. 
like 60 seconds. So like I, it's 1255 and I have a stressful meeting coming at one o'clock. I can hit this app. I can sit in the Lord's presence, have somebody remind me like verbal cues reminding me that like you were created for loving union with God. And like, it changes everything when you can just like, just pulling out of the craziness for that little bit. Maybe it's a three minute meditation, but just like those little reminders, like you start to see God using those things to not like, again, I think, like you said, Andy, break down the categorization of our life and start to see Jesus infused into every aspect of our life. And I'm like, I'm not saying this uh, from any sense of like having it figured out. This is a huge struggle of mine, but I've seen like these little practices start to help orient me. I think uh, this app that I mentioned, we're going to try and get it up on our uh, resources page, cccgo.com slash teaching night. Um, there's already some, our books are up there. There's a podcast up there that um, is really important. I think everybody should check it out. Um, and we'll try and get this app up there as well. Cause it's a great, great free resource. So helpful. Yeah. Cool. And Jacob, you mentioned something that just stood out to me a moment ago where you yeah. talked, where you, as you were talking about the practices of ancient Christianity yeah, and how there's kind of like this wild reawakening in the church of some Big of that. Time. Right. And right now we're in this season and the season is called Lent. It's the days leading up to the crucifixion of Christ, right? right? This period of 40 days. And um, can you talk a little bit about how Lenten practices, like the that our church specifically is undergoing right now, how they kind of add into this same thing of this dependence on God? How are we using this season to help us walk through this process of learning to sure. depend on God? Yeah. Yeah, what's really amazing about Lent and that a lot of other um, more orthodox type churches practice it still today, and even especially in the ancient Near East, Middle East, it is a very big deal. Adrian was even sharing with us um, in an email how uh, like Burger King, McDonald's, all in these places, they even have like Lenten advertisements for people who don't even probably go to church, they're still practicing it, which is fascinating. Um, that's another podcast probably. Um, but <laughs> what I think is really special about Lent is it's really truly supposed to mimic the 40 days um, Jesus was in the desert. And what he would have been doing there is a lot of praying and fasting. And so remember, he didn't eat for 40 days. I'm not saying you should probably do that. Um, You should really work up to that. But fasting from something, um, I think it's best to probably do a meal or food just because you can, um, with your body, really feel whenever you're hungry. And that forces you to go into prayer and remind yourself, oh, it's, it's the Lord who provides for me. And that's, these are these little cues. Um, So whether it's fasting from food, fasting from social media, Mm. Um, where you've got to fast from your scrolling and being on there. And uh, man, I tell you what, in putting up some boundaries with my phone and things like that, it, I'm amazed at how I just naturally, it is like a part of my DNA now to just reach for the phone whenever I'm bored. And that's terrifying. And so in those times of, um, of that, whether you're fasting from that in the Lenten season of, um, it really forces your dependence on God. And so that's what's really special about Lent is fasting from something in order to grow your dependence on the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's really, I love this season. I'm really glad we've tapped into it Mm -hmm. this year and using some of these ancient Christian practices that really we as followers have started. They've just been hijacked by secular culture with meditation, breathing prayers, things like that. Um, And 
using this Lent season to really focus in on the Lord and dependence on Him to then celebrate that Jesus has conquered it all, which Mm -hmm. is really amazing. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to say too that we as Christians where we have like missed the mark when it comes to Lent is making the practices the goal. Like we've turned the Mm -hmm. practices into like the the end game when really like those are the means. The end again is loving union. It's, you know, fasting from food, uh, it actually does nothing if it doesn't redirect our hearts back so toward true. our provider, you know? And so making sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing that these, these practices, even when we get into talking about rule of life in May, those practices are not ends in and of themselves. They're not the goal. They are made to point us to, uh, back to that loving union, that relationship yeah. with the creator. All right. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. Mm-hmm. Jesus has paid for all of that. We're going to celebrate that here in a few weeks. But this season, especially, or with these practices that you do, hopefully every day and start working on them, is yes, they're supposed to draw you into a closer relationship to Jesus. So that way, no matter what time of day it is, whether you're eating, drinking, whatever you're doing, you're doing it for the Lord. And that's where, yeah, I just feel like there was such a lack of that in my life that I was doing these things for Jesus, like, oh, here you go. Look what I'm doing for you. But Jesus himself says, uh, I don't know you. Like, that's a really daunting scripture. And that's where I felt like I was living of, I was doing these things, but wasn't really getting to know who Jesus is. So now I'm doing these things, not to earn his love, but to rest in his yeah. love. And that's been just a game changer in my life. Well, thanks, guys, for being here. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. It was fun. Thanks for having us. Our thanks goes out to Jeremy and Jacob for the time they spent with us discussing dependence on God and the teaching night from February of this year. If you'd like to see or listen to that teaching night, you can find that audio and video at media.cccgo.com. Right now, we're going to go into our interview with Lori Rogers, our Global Outreach and Partner Care Director here at Crossroads, as we speak with her about listening prayer. So we're here with Lori Rogers. Welcome, Lori. We're so excited you're here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I have actually um, been on staff here in the outreach department for about 20 years. Um, But um, beyond that, my family, um, I love my family. I'm married to Tom and I've got two kids. Um, Jacob is 25 and he is married to Carly. And then we've also got a 10 year old. Um, So 10 year olds, a fun age. That's actually when I became a Christian. Um, I realized Jesus wanted to be my best friend. And that was just exactly what I needed at that stage in my life. And so um, it's just been an adventure to walk with the Lord all these years. Awesome. So we were just meeting with Jacob and Jeremy, and they were telling us about this Dependence on God team, and they mentioned your name. You're on it. Can you tell us about your role on this team? Yeah. Um, well, this team started after the um, the elders and the lead team met in um, last year, and Jeremy just asked me if I would be be a part of this team. And so we've gotten to um, talk about what does it look like to regularly spend time with the Lord? What does it look like to have a good rhythm um, in our relationship with the Lord and our walk every day? Um, and what is the Holy Spirit's role? We're just working together in whatever that looks like to continue to help our church grow um, in depending on God. So you were a part of our first teaching night as well, and you spoke a little bit about listening prayer. So can you give us a brief overview of, of what that is and 
maybe a, a more of a biblical background of what the Bible says about it. Okay. Yeah, that's fun. Um, so listening prayer is, um, really, it's just seeing our, com- our relationship with God as we see our other, our other relationships with, that we have with people, you know, good, um, relationships have communication that goes both ways. And I think a lot of times, um, in our, our relationship with God, sometimes we think he wants us so much to speak to him in prayer that we forget to stop and listen. And so, um, it just makes sense that our relationship with God would be like our relationships with other people where it goes both ways. Um, and as far as like a biblical basis of um, listening prayer, I think from the New Testament, I would say, you know, that that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so as believers, um, we have the Holy Spirit with us. And in John 14, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and remind us of what Jesus has said. And in John 16, he says that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. And, you know, that is one wonderful way that he does that is through scripture. Um, And that is so important. Jesus, God never speaks anything that is contradictory to scripture, but he also, um, you know, speaks to us through the day. If we're listening, he laughs with us. He cries with us. um, He affirms us. He challenges us. um, And so it's just really clear to me in scripture that he wants us to have a relationship that's a two-way kind of relationship. Can you tell me a little bit about how you practice listening prayer in your own personal life? Like, what does this look like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. For me, it means the first thing in the morning is I get up groggily out of my bed, um, go to my place that I spend time with the Lord. My, I have my special chair in my house. You know, that's my place. And, um, and you know, sort of wake up with the Lord and... Um, during my time with the Lord, um, actually over the last several years, I would say it's sort of been a weird kind of thing for me because my consumption of scripture and, you know, just intellectually in my mind honestly has gone down as I have opened up time, even in my time with the Lord to say, man, I want to hear your voice. And so that for me, that looks like journaling a lot. So I will, um, I will just write out my my prayer or my journal or, you know, what, God, thank you for this. Or, man, I'm really struggling with this. Um, and then stop and listen. So, Lori, just a moment ago, you said that you're um, consuming the word less, but spending more time listening to God it, and, and hearing his voice. Now, I understand that when you say consuming the word less doesn't mean that you've paused reading scripture. Yeah. Right. True. I mean, you still have a regular practice of, of reading God's word. Am I right? Yes. 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 So how, do, what does that look like now? Like I understand, it, it sounds like your focus has shifted from maybe intellectual consumption to something that maybe more. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for some people, if if I would say um, I'm reading scripture less, that could be like a huge red flag. What does that mean? Um, and so that's a great question, Andy. Um, you know, for me, it means even as I'm reading scripture, I'm like reading it and then stopping and going, hey, God, what does this mean to me? What does this mean for me today? Um, it also, sometimes it looks like I'm just so, um, in a mess internally kind of thing. 
you know, that I just need to listen before I even hardly start my Bible reading. I need to get to a place where I can really connect with God. And so sometimes what that means is that I'll say, um, I'll say, God, okay, out of all the scriptures that I have um, hidden in my heart over the years, you know, because that's so, so critical to hide God's word in our hearts. We teach that from our kids from preschool on, um, you know, but I'll say, God, out of all those scriptures I've hidden in my heart, what is the one that you want me to hear from you today? And I just stop and listen. And so the Lord takes me to his word. And it's like some days it's like, oh, my goodness, that is what exactly what I needed to get up and face the day. And so I may not may not do my full Bible study that morning, but I have heard from the Lord. I've heard his word. I've heard his voice. And um, I know he's with me and I'm ready to move on for the day. Okay, I think I understand it a lot better now because now that you say it that way, I can relate to it so much better because I think that at times I've been so focused on my reading the Bible through it in a year plan or whatever, yeah. that I lose focus on the fact that I'm doing that specifically to hear from God and yeah. then um, just yeah. pausing within that and not putting the end goal being, hey, I finished all of Ezekiel today, but instead it being, what have I heard from God and what can I act on that I did learn today? Yes. That's just a completely different perspective. And it's it actually sounds a lot healthier too. <laughs> and what Jacob was saying earlier he was finding himself doing for God more than being with God. And so taking this scripture reading is more focused on instead of completing a checklist, you are intentionally being transformed by the yeah. word. So yeah. I want to back up when you mentioned asking God, hey, what scripture have I hidden in my heart? What about for a newer believer? Where can they start? What kind of questions can oh, they ask question. God? Yeah, I would say one that is that I use and I'm not a new believer, but a new believer certainly could. Um, I would say is, um, God, who do you want to be for me in this moment, in these circumstances right now? And just stop and listen. Um, and. You know, one of the things that's really critical um, is when we listen is to to check and see, does that match up with the word? So a new believer may not know a ton of what the word says, but God's voice is kind. God's voice is assuring. He's calming. Um, when he corrects, he does it in a kind way and he points the way forward. He doesn't look have you look back and say, you messed up so bad. You're never going to be da 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 you know, his voice isn't like that. So I think a new believer needs to understand just sort of the, the tone of God's voice. Um, and, um, and then just that, I think that's a simple question to, to ask and see what he says. So in your personal life, what's the hardest aspect of this for you? For me? Um, well, so Jeremy and um, Jacob were just in here talking about creating space, I'm assuming. Um, and that's, that's hard. Our world is, um, fast paced. And, um, for me, um, even creating space, you know, it's not just that one time in the morning, that groggy moment, you know, of getting up and spending time with the Lord. This is a moment by moment relationship that God wants to have with us. And so, um, 
it might, I listen to a, probably a lot less music than other people because it's like when I'm in the car by myself, that's a great time to listen to the Lord. Um, Got to be careful driving too, but the Lord can speak in that, you know, in that time too. You know, this is one example for me that um, was really huge and a story when I was driving, um, you know, I was dri- one morning I was driving somebody that I was really frustrated with to community service on a Saturday morning. And um, I just silently prayed, God, I need some help here. You know, I'm, I'm desperate. I'm not in a good place inside. And it was like the next thing I knew in my mind, I heard God say, God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And I was like, whoa, that was, that was scripture. I sort of don't even really know where it was, but I know that was scripture and I know that was God's voice. And it was like my judgment melted, my attitude shifted, and I was able to do what I was doing with an attitude that I, to the best of my knowledge, pleased the Lord a whole lot more than when I started that drive. So that's an example of like listening to the Lord through the day. So someone who wants to start out practicing this, someone who's not used to it, you you mentioned a couple of things that God is and God isn't. Um, I know that there are some resources out there that we can post, um, but what would you say to the person starting out? What are some practical steps they can take? What's that process look like? Um, one thing I think um, it would be to like make a list of who is God? You know, what is his character like? Um, and just like making that kind of list that um, taking that time will help you to get to know God better. And then also when you hear his voice, you're like, oh, yeah, that is consistent with what I know from Scripture. Another way, you know, if somebody wants to, to try that um, journaling and writing back and forth kind of thing, um, that really helps me because it helps me stay focused um, in prayer and it helps me be honest because I can just like start writing and not have to um, edit it at all. I'm just like writing away. And but then what, what I do is when I when I stop and I listen, I like write down what I hear the Lord say. And I put like a bracket around that so that I can go back and, and see what that is and, and confirm. Does that sound like the Lord? Or does that not? And so for a new person to your question, I think that if somebody tried that, I would encourage them to find somebody that they trusted and say, you know, does this sound like the Lord to you? Um, And just to be able to learn in that process. Um, You've said a few times that you've heard God speak to you. Can you tell me, like, what does God's voice sound like? Mm. How do you hear that voice? Yeah, I think one thing that's important to know is that like it's in First Corinthians two sixteen, where um, the word says that we've been given the mind of Christ, and so so for me, um, I go back to that verse, and I'm like, you know, for me, I hear the Lord's voice in my mind. You know, I've heard of people that have heard audible voices. Um, I've I have not, um, but I'm like, man, so maybe someday I will. Right? People have dreams and visions of Jesus, and so maybe someday I will. But, um, but when I hear the Lord's voice, it's, it's in, internally. And so for me, one example would be some mornings I am journaling and I am just like dumping. I don't know if you guys ever need to just dump and vent. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like I'm just dumping on the Lord. 
and then this happened yesterday and then this happened and what am I supposed to do about this? And I'm worried about this and, and what is that? And then it's like maybe two pages later, I'll realize, golly, here I am in my time with our Lord and I haven't even stopped to listen. And so I'll be like, okay. And I'll actually journal out, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to listen. What do you have to say? And so his voice just sounds like, my child, will you still, will you please be still? And sometimes that's really reassuring, but other times it's like me and all of my humanness. I'm like, that's what you told me yesterday. And so I actually write that out. God, that's what you told me yesterday. And I'm still frustrated. And don't you ever get tired of telling me to be still? And like, sometimes he'll just go, nope. And I'll hear him in my mind go, nope. Like, like he's just being funny and just casual and like, no, I'm never, you're my child. I'm never going to get tired of just asking you to be still and trust me. So I know in my own personal experience with this, that sometimes it gets hard and there are days, even weeks, maybe even months where God feels silent. So what do we do in those times? Ooh, those are hard times. Yeah. I've had times like that. Definitely. And, um, yeah, that's no fun. But God is in those times. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. So in those times, um, you know, I think it's critical that we reaffirm the truth. Um, it's critical to even have that truth. And I mean, I've had days where I'm like, okay, I think I can get up and go to work today if I have this truth written in my pocket. And so, okay, he's with me. He's for me. You know, whatever it is that I'm like, I know this is true. Whether I hear it today or not, this is true from scripture. So that's one piece of um, walking in those silent times. Um, another piece is like checking my heart. You know, is there something that's going on in my heart that is keeping me away from the Lord, not mm -hmm. keeping the Lord away from me? He fully wants me. But is there something that I'm doing or an attitude or something that I need to confess and repent and, mm -hmm. you know, get my relationship right with the Lord. For me, sometimes when he's silent, um, all he wants me to do is rest. All he wants me to do is rest with him. And it's like, if I will just invest in resting with him, um, then I can hear that silent, calming, reassuring voice that I couldn't hear before. Um, but it, it's, um, and some, it, that, I think this is why the church is a community. Um, part of the reason is because, you know, when somebody is going through one of those silent times, you need somebody else to speak expectation into that time. Hang on, hang on. You know, God is a God that speaks. God is never silent for eternity. He is, he is going to speak to you. So it's, it's staying in that place of expectation. And that means leaning into other believers in those times. I think I have this preconceived notion that if I want to practice listening to God, I need to have that special chair like you have. I need to have an hour of my time so I mm. can journal and spend time. But I know we've been challenging our own congregation, even on the weekends, like here's three minutes in our service to practice listening to God. Do you have any tips of how to just jump in like that? Yeah. I think um, it's 
I have really enjoyed the times that we've had in church to do that because really in a way um, and in a beautiful way, we're like set up to listen because we've come together. And so we're being obedient by coming together. We're being obedient by worshiping. So we're, we have our focus on the Lord. Um, hopefully in that process, um, we have let some of the world fade away, you know? So it's like we're in those, even those three minutes, we've taken longer to get to those three minutes than what we realize, yeah. you know, because our, we, it, our heart posture is in the right place. We're in a place of, of more surrender than hopefully when we came, walked into the building. And so I would just say also just even in that time to not freak out and go, oh my gosh, the person next to me is probably hearing something dro- totally dramatic and I'm hearing nothing, but it's just a rest. The Lord wants us to rest in his presence and just see what happens. You know, so uh, does that an, help? Yes. That's an awesome perspective on almost the, the point of our gatherings is, is it's, refocusing our minds. That is, like I said, we need, I feel like I need an hour to refocus myself, to listen to God. And, and what you're saying is that is your hour. Like mm-hmm. That whole service is for that listening to God, hearing God speak and, and giving that space, but corporately, which is really beautiful. Yeah. And I know um, Jeremy or Jacob, one of the two of them, they told me that they mentioned the pause app. Yes. Um, And so that's something that really we have just heard about within the last week or two. And we're learning that. And um, did they go into like a lot of detail about that? He talked a little bit about how he can set times that they give him like 60 seconds and then like a like a guided thought or meditation prayer piece for that time. So there's like a a one minute pause, a three minute pause, a five minute pause and a 10 minute pause. And um, I haven't gotten to the 10 minute pause because it's like you uh, as you do them, you unlock the next level, which is sort of fun. Um, fun. But um, but anyway, even the one minute pause has been huge for me. Um, Awesome. You know, I can take a walk around the building and be doing that one minute pause and go back to my office in a different frame, frame of mind. So Lori, part of this all comes back to our dependence on God, right? Like this totally. whole conversation began from that starting place. Can you can you tell me how specifically listening prayer builds dependence on God? Like how does that work together specifically? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So I think that in during the teaching night, Jeremy talked about Um, You know, that trust leads to dependence and that leads to peace. And so it's like we all want the peace, but we've got to learn how are we going to get there. And um, for me, um, I have I have just noticed I I know that when I start distrusting the Lord um, or when I start um, trusting more in myself, you know, it breaks that that piece of depending on God and it breaks that um, just that flow of getting to a place that is truly resting in him and and peaceful um, through my circumstances. So for me, listening to God and, and going back to where we started of, you know, good relationships have communication that go both ways. Um, that's just a critical part of us learning to walk in the kind of relationship that God made us for. And I think, too, it, you know, and one other thing is if you haven't done this before, just try it, just do it, just 
pause and listen. And if you don't hear something, try again another time or talk to somebody and say, this is really hard for me. How does this work for you? Or, you know, what have you tried? So I think just um, as we as a church continue to move in this direction, God is going to continue to show up and teach us all corporately how to do this better together. Yeah, so you've built a discipline of setting time aside once a day, specifically in the morning for this. And then I've heard you say, as we've talked about times as you're driving and these other pieces. So yeah, how did you go from this once a day to these these throughout the day hearing the voice of God as as you go on? That's a good question. My first thought was desperation. You know, I mean, I was get up out of my chair and have spent time with the Lord. And then it's like, man, I'm still worried about my day. What am I going to do with that? Well, I need to listen again. Lord, what do you have to say about my day that that I haven't heard yet? Um, And or driving to work and some other thought comes along and it's like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this too. What does it look like to trust you with this? Um, I can be real honest and say, you know, I have not in my career done a good job of taking a break at lunchtime and like in the middle of the day. Um, And so really that's what I'm working on right now is like, I would just come to work and be like, okay, I'm going to get stuff done as fast as I can. And then I can go home and be with my family. For me, it's really even learning how to pause through my day. So that's why this pause app has been really helpful for me. Um, But also just taking an intentional lunch break and saying during that lunch break, I'm I am going to connect with God, slow down my world, slow down my mind, um, rest with him and see what he has to say. Well, thanks so much for being here with us today, Lori. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Live and Love Like Jesus podcast. The recording of February's teaching night, as well as links to all the resources that Jeremy, Jacob, and Lori mentioned are found on our website at cccgo.com forward slash teaching night. You may have noticed that up to this point, we haven't mentioned the COVID-19 pandemic that the world is facing. And the preceding segments were recorded at an earlier time prior to the entry of this illness onto the world stage. We decided to continue the production of this episode of the podcast as we felt that the message in it is vital as we face this pandemic with faith as opposed to fear. Now, we encourage you to apply the learnings found within this episode to build your own dependence on God and encourage others to do the same. Then, Please know this. We fully believe that this is the time for the church to shine. Let's step up as a united body of Christ and show the world what it means to live and love like Jesus. If you need ideas or information on ways to serve your community, go to cccgo.com forward slash COVID-19 and click on the service opportunities link. Please remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can text us at 812-432-1820 or email us at online at cccgo.com. Again, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Live and Love Like Jesus podcast. 